now it's time for Do I Have a Case with Frank Andrews. Thank you very much, Rob. Nice to be with you, folks. And, of course, we are answering the question that comes in from thousands and thousands of people, Do I Have a Case? And the man with the answers, Attorney Keith Figured, who's on the line with us right now. Keith, how are you? How you doing, Frank? How you doing, Rob? Pleasure to be here, as always. I'm uh, I'm at Geisinger in Danville at the Janet Weiss Children's Hospital. So if you if you hear a kid in the background, you'll know exactly what's going on here. But I'm happy to be doing this and happy to be with you, Keith. So we got lots of questions. You ready? I'm ready, buddy. Okay. Here's the first one. What can I do about a contractor who started a job at my house, didn't finish it, and now has disappeared? Someone told me about a Pennsylvania Home Improvement Contractors Act. What is that, and can it help me? Okay, um, so this is uh, a little bit complicated, but um, to provide, uh, I guess, as much information as I can, the, uh, the Pennsylvania Home Improvement Contractors Act was a state law that was designed to protect homeowners who hire contractors for home improvement projects. So under the Act, contractors who perform home improvement work in Pennsylvania are required to register with the Attorney General's office. And this basically ensures that the contractors meet certain criteria, such as having appropriate insurance and financial stability. Now, as it indicates, home improvement includes resident work, which totals more than $500, and that could be repair, replacement, remodeling, demolition, construction, replacement, installation, and that could involve pools, pool houses. I mean, it covers a lot, and to really know, you would want to look to the act and or speak with an attorney to make sure it covers. Now, in this instance, being that um, the contractor disappeared, you would, in order to have recourse against the contractor, the first thing you want to do is review the contract. The contract is going to be what controls in this matter. So you want to make sure you understand the terms, the scope of work, and any provisions related to non-completion or breach of the contract and what the remedies may uh, provide. Um, the other thing that's important, and as in this case it indicates, is you want to attempt to contact the contractor. You want to make attempts to reach out to them, whether it be by phone, email, or other ways, and you want to document all the attempts that you attempt to contact them. And then, you, of course, you want to document the evidence. You want to compile all relevant documents, including the contract, invoices, receipts, correspondence, and any evidence of incomplete or unsatisfactory work. You also want to take photographs or videos, if necessary, to document the state of the project. Now, once you've done that, um, then you basically have to consider what recourse you need or want to take. Now, the first is if you've paid only for work that has been completed, then you want to just consider maybe hiring a new contractor. At that point, there may not be any damages um, to recover. So in that instance, the, the simplest way to uh, move forward is just hire another more competent contractor. However, if you've paid for more than you've received, you might want to consider suing in small claims court. Now the importance here is, is under small claims court, you're limited to the amount of damages you can bring, which in PA is $12,000. Um, the benefit of small claims court is that the evidentiary rules and other procedures are expedited. You aren't expected and don't need to hire an attorney in order to succeed. Most of the time, these small claims cases are simply presented before a judge with no attorney or a jury president. Now, in terms of preparation for the small claims court, again, as indicated above, you want to make sure you have the original contact or contract between you and the contract or any other documentation showing the work to be done and the agreed upon price follow-up communications between you, including any agreed-upon changes to the work, photographs of the work done at any damages, copies of invoices, and canceled checks or other evidence of what amount you did pay. 
And then lastly, if the amount is higher than your state court's claim limit, you might have to file with the county court. Now, the problem here is, is that you're most likely going to have to hire an attorney, and you really need to do a balancing act as far as how much it's going to cost to retain an attorney and to pursue these damages um, and to actually pursue that claim. So, I mean, there's a lot more I could continue to go on in terms of uh, recourse, but, but this is really something that you really need to speak with an attorney and evaluate your recourse and, and based on the damages, whether it makes sense to hire an attorney or try to pursue it on your own through the small claims court. You were right. It is complicated. <clears throat> now, we, you know, we have these questions that are coming in from all over northeastern and central Pennsylvania, and this one comes from Susquehanna County. I live in a very rural area of Susquehanna County, and I got a ticket for going through a red light, but I challenged it. I went to a magistrate, and the police officer never showed up, so am I off the hook? Okay, so in this particular incident, it really comes down to the judge. Um, sometimes, depending on the reason for the excuse as to why the officer isn't present, I mean, maybe there's an emergency or some other matter that the judge would excuse. Um, a lot of times, in my experience, the only time that a judge would um, throw out the charge is if maybe it's the second time it's been rescheduled or it's been uh, several times that the officer doesn't show up. Um, but, I mean, more often than not, the officer will usually be given an opportunity to uh, have the hearing rescheduled. And the, usually the best way to handle those types of claims, depending on what the ticket is, is it to, if the officer is there, is to speak with the officer before the hearing. And as long as you're respectful and, um, you know, the officer sees that you're not trying to you know, deny or or um, you're not remorseful for for actually committing um, the traffic offense. They usually will be willing to negotiate with you, maybe to drop it down to what they refer to as a 3111, which is disobeying traffic control devices, which may not carry any points. Um, but but the initial hearing, if for some reason the officer doesn't show up, it's probably unlikely the uh, the, uh, the the magistrate judge would throw it out at that point. All right, lots of complicated questions. Next week we're going to be talking about bankruptcy and gift certificates. So we got lots of crazy things that are coming in, Keith. How do people get in touch with you if they need to? Okay, they can reach me directly at 570-954-9299. I can be reached by email at keith at figuredlaw.com, and they can get more information through my website at figuredlaw.com. All right, Keith, have a good weekend. You as well, and hope all is well with you, Frank, and, and thank you as well, Rob. My pleasure. Now, if, folks, if you have a question, if you're wondering, do I have a case, just email me, frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. frankandrews, wilknewsradio.com, and we'll talk to you again next week. Let's get back to Rob. Thank you, Frank and Keith, and Frank, our thoughts are with you down there. Um, hopefully everything's going okay. Um, Coming back to the show now, I guess it's time to discuss this uh, changing evolution that's uh, turned into the cocaine in the White House. Um, you know, based on the stories that have there, it, this now this is the fourth location it's morphed to. It started in the library, and this is becoming like the game of Clue. It started in the library, and again, that was explained off as the handheld computer that the hazmat teams use has a, a library in it. So when they said it tested positive for cocaine in the library, they started to say that 
that's why they, he he said in the library. Um, now, if that's true or not, who knows? And then it changed to a lobby. And then it changed to a lobby where anyone could have dropped it or thrown it. And then it changed to a cubby in an upgraded security checkpoint where you just not your everyday average visitors can come in from. And now it's in a much more secure area near the Situation Room, where only certain high-level people can walk down that hallway, including family members. Now, there's no evidence at this point that this is Hunter Biden's. His past history is giving rightful speculation that he may be the culprit here. The... person giving the briefing today, Jake Sullivan, said that there is a strict drug policy at the White House and there is strict testing at the White House for drugs, for employees. They also said that the Secret Service has now ordered DNA testing and fingerprints of the glassine envelope, that the glassine envelope is basically a small Ziploc bag. The technical term in the narcotics division was glassine envelope. Uh, So the Secret Service has ordered DNA testing and fingerprints on that. Depending, it could be a hard sell for fingerprints based on the kind of bag it is and to get a decent point, the amount of points is how many identification markers they get on your fingerprints. Uh, Will be hard, DNA testing uh, as well. Whose DNA is on file? whose fingerprints are on file, that comes into play here. But the fact that it's found near this this situation room, and, and Jake Sullivan also said that the, the situation room is not being used now. It's been under construction for the past couple of months. So now does that bring up the possibility that the construction workers could have dropped it there? Must have been. Yeah. Yes, I got it. Was, it, now. it was the butler in the hallway near the yeah. Situation Room with the candlestick. Yeah, th- this is going to be the new version of Clue. It is. It that's is. what I just said. Gonna, it sounds uh, did you more say and more that? like it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds more and more like it. But the, the pressure that's being kept up on this is surely a thorn in their side. They thought it would go away. They thought it would, it would not keep morphing. I am sure there's inside information that's keeping this story alive from people within the White House that. Um, know that this is harmful. There is drugs in the White House. It could be anything else. If you can get cocaine into the White House, it could have been anthrax. It could have been anything. So it is a security risk. It's something that needs to be looked at. And again, there is no evidence at this point other than his past history that that points to Hunter Biden. But there's a plethora of other people who could have brought this in. If they have that drug testing and if they have the drug policies in the White House, okay, well, it's time to give everybody a drug test in the White House. Find out who's got it. Do the the, the, that does that drug testing apply to everyone, including president, uh, vice president, uh, every every member of the staff, or does it only uh, does it only apply to the staff? The staff, like if the Congress people can, shouldn't they be drug tested too? No, that that's a separate separate entity, and I think that would be a field day if they did that. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm no, thinking... no, it's just it's just staff who work for the White House. It wouldn't be the president. It wouldn't be the first family. wouldn't be the vice president and her Is family, second family. Drugs? I don't think there's anyone to tell them they couldn't. Uh, something seems unfair about that then. I don't see anything in any 
I know, I got you. That's not The right. Constitution says nothing about drug use. It does, this is true. <laughs> it doesn't say I have the right to do it either, though. Yeah, that's true. So there you go. All right. Sorry. No I didn't problem. Mean to infringe upon your show on a Friday. No, it's a good conversation. It's, it's keeping this, me awake. It, that's a good question. Four, I think by Monday there'll be six other locations. We'll have a whole board game by then. <laughs> Seriously, it could be. We could do a combination between Clue and Monopoly with it. Yes, the the Secret Service did say by next week they should have more definitive answers. How do you not so, know where you found something? They know not. it's. They know it's what they're allowed to say. Okay. That's the that's the key there. All right, I got gotcha. you. All right, this traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. Actually, not so bad at the moment. Uh, we're not looking at any major backups. It's just slowing down a bit on 81 in a few areas, including uh, through Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and up by Lenox because of that construction going on there. 80 West is still backed up at Bloomsburg because of that road work. Uh, and we have a little bit of heavy traffic heading into the back mountain. That might delay you slightly, but nothing major. Whenever you see a traffic problem, Call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Yes, I forgot where I was again. Just got a text message in. Wow, making a big deal about a little bit of cocaine. There's worse things than that going on. Yes, white powder outside of the Situation Room, regardless of what it is, shouldn't be anybody's concern. Or anywhere in the White House. You're right. Like, why are we worried? You're right. Because, well, maybe that person thinks it's theirs and wants to go back and claim it. Like I said. I'm just saying. If you were caught with cocaine outside Lafayette Park, it would be a ticket. I mm-hmm. get it. It's not the cocaine. It's that white powder was found outside the Situation Room, and the, the location keeps changing. Yeah, right? It, um, that's something to talk about. That's why this is talk radio. Yes. <laughs> and here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, showers ending, partly cloudy, low 68. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, a few isolated showers and storms, high 88. Sunday, cloudy with showers and storms, high 82. Monday morning, showers clearing in the afternoon, high 85. It's currently 84 degrees and mostly cloudy now. It's saying at 524 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show. WILK News Radio. It's 527. In about an hour and a half, I'm going to be at this concert. Ain't nothing that a beer can't fix, especially on a Friday. So make sure you get yourself one wherever you're going tonight. And enjoy your weekend. Kick it off right on a Friday night. And if you're going to be at the Thomas Rhett concert, if you see me, say hello. It's uh, 527 here at the station, 84 degrees and mostly cloudy. This is, uh, you know, story just saddens me and gives me hope in the world. A hero dad who survived 9-11 terror attacks dies saving a group of kids from a capsized raft on July 4th. Um, heroic father of three, who was working his second day at Morgan Stanley in the World Trade Center on 9-11. Escaped. He was on the 63rd floor when the plane struck the building. Was able to escape. And uh, is now 43 years old. Luke Ladley. Was celebrating a holiday and operating a boat near Elder Beach, In Illinois, when the raft uh, with children overturned around 1.30 p.m. Without hesitation, he plunged into water to rescue some of the children who were struggling to swim. He uh, spent about a minute submerged before he appeared with the children 
and was able to get them to safety. So the children were already going under the water. They couldn't swim, and he reached in and got them. Uh, he was then pulled on board himself because he was unresponsive, and CPR was administered, and was rushed to the emergency room where he had passed away. And uh, it's just a sad event. They don't know if he had a heart attack or drown, or it's, it's unsure what the cause of death was. But he was able to save the kids before he himself succumbed to his injuries. And again, a father of three and survived uh, the 9-11 terrorist attack. And again, he was, I'm sorry, he was on uh, evacuated from the 61st floor of the South Tower. 13 Morgan Stanley employees were killed on 9-11. And again, he was his second day. It was his first job out of college. I believe he was 20, 21 or 22 years old working there. And uh, was able to escape and live through that, living his life 20 years later, three kids of his own, out there enjoying his family in this country. Obviously saw the worst of uh, what happened during 9-11. Witnessed it with his own eyes, smelt it and felt it. And, uh, you know, was a hero in the end, saving these these children and his thoughts in... Uh, Prayers go out to his family. Upon graduating Boston College, he moved to New York City where he landed his first finance job in September of 2001 as an investment banker for Morgan Stanley. And again, it was the second day on the job and the terrorist attacks happened. And here he is, you know, years later, saving young children who went under in a boating accident. Didn't think twice, jumped right in. Hero. No doubt. And our prayers go out to Luke Laidley, who died on the 4th of July in the waters of Lake Michigan. Sad story. It's uh, 531 here at WILK. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Remember, you can get us anytime at the Odyssey app, anytime, anywhere on the Odyssey app. Or you can catch your podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Check out the show anytime you want. Go back, listen to it again. Go back a month, listen to a show you missed then. It was a great time. It's 537 here at the station. As you heard from the uh, the weather advisory, there are bad storms. It sounds like they're coming over the studio here. You can hear the rumble of thunder um, above us. And if you look at the, the radar, it looks, uh, there's spotty showers, really severe showers coming through, but they are spotty, so hopefully they they don't come to you. The Secretary of Defense was recently at Fort Meade in Maryland. Uh, He arrived by Black Hawk helicopter to swear in 85 brave brave young men and women for our armed services. 67 of those recruits shipped out to basic training just hours after the ceremony, leaving for bases all across the country, including Paris Island, South Carolina, or Fort Moore, Georgia, for the Army. Um, the sad number with that is 77% of American youth are not eligible to serve in our military. And there's a, there's a plethora of reasons like that. Some of them are medically disqualified, like my daughter. She's a type one diabetic. You cannot serve in the military, uh, severe allergies. Uh, if you're allergic to peanuts or shellfish or anything like that, that could disqualify you from serving in the military. Uh, asthma, childhood asthma. 
if it was before, if it was after a certain age, uh, disqualifies you. You need a GED or a high school diploma. That's one of the reasons that it's not. And and a large portion of this is people who are not physically fit. They are not physically fit to uh, serve in our military. Now, a lot of the military branches, I know the Navy and the Army, have set up pre-boot camps to where you can go to get yourself in physical shape if you want to serve and if you're dedicated to serve uh, to meet that physical requirement. But uh, more and more kids are also going to college. I shouldn't say kids. High school graduates are going to college. 62% of high school seniors push to go directly to college. Uh, That's a reason. And none of the services right now are meeting their recruitment goals. And you could blame a whole reason of that, a whole reason of things on that. You know, some people want to blame the woke military stance. You know, there's the political ebbs and flows of our military. It's the upper echelon of our military, but it does trickle down. It does cause issues. And like our law enforcement, like other things, our our military should be apolitical. But when a president appoints who's the top dogs in these situations, then uh, then you get what you get as far as politics embedded in that. You get people to get that fourth star, to get that third star, you know, to get that joint chiefs position, will do and say whatever they can to get that position. And that's the sad part. And then what's sad, too, is 80% of our military used to come from people, children of people who served in the military, children of military families who typically make up 80% of the U.S. Army recruits and Navy recruits and such. And uh, their families are telling them that it's not the life you want at this point. So they're, they're missing out there. They're missing out at these people whose families served, who've seen service firsthand, who are being told by these people who were, did 20 years in our military to go to college, find something else, do something else, go to trade school, uh, because this is not the military you want to serve in. And, and that's sad if that's true. I have not seen that in my experience, and I've seen a lot of what people are complaining about out there firsthand. There is plenty to complain about. But if you focus on just those complaints, we can't better our armed services and, and, and give the people their due respect who do serve honorably and, and, and for you and I. It's uh, 541 here at WILK. It's time for the traffic and weather. Thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. It is backing up in Waverly again, 81 northbound. That seems pretty jammed all the way to Lenox to, to construction. Plus, we have storms blowing through the area, which might be causing some problems. Water in the roadways in some areas as well. Uh, the 81 in the Wilkesbury area, especially around the um, Blackburn Street exit, seems to be a problem at the moment. 80 West is is has some issues or 80 and 80 east um as you head toward berwick bloomsburg and we also have a backup on 80 west at bloomsburg so just use caution while you're out there as these storms go through whenever you see a traffic problem call our jam line 570-883-7269 nikki stone wilk traffic rob have a great weekend thank you nikki you too Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist uh, Kurt Aaron. Tonight, showers ending, partly cloudy, low 68. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, few isolated showers and storms, high 88. Sunday, cloudy, 
with showers and storms, high 82. Monday morning showers clearing in the afternoon, high 85. It's currently 82 degrees with some heavy rain showers in the area, but they are hit or miss at 542 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Perfect song from Jake because I have my better half in here. Mrs. O'Donnell is in the studio. She's refusing to talk. So, uh, no, she's refusing. Refusing to go anywhere near the microphone. I sat her and, no, nothing. You don't even say hello to the audience? (laughs) She won't. Um, But we're going to see Tom at Rhett tonight, so hopefully... She can uh, at least get her inner self out there and uh, yell and cheer for the at the concert. Um, somebody asked if there's a, if you can download the podcast. Yes, you can download the Rob O'Donnell Show anywhere you get podcasts. Um, the rain is definitely coming down. Sounds like here in the studio. Uh, so the storms are moving through the Pittston area. Be careful out there if you're driving. But, yes, you can download the podcast anywhere you get it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your podcast, just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. You'll be able to find it. You'll be able to go back to any episode, any day, and it's in three segments each show, usually 30 minutes each. There's limited commercials in there. That's why you know it's only about an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes uh, for all three of the podcasts for the, for each day. And uh, you can listen anytime you want. Uh, we were talking about our military and how uh, 77% of our, our youth today are ineligible to serve in our military. But I, I saw something else. I was looking at uh, Stars and Stripes. And uh, the USS George Washington uh, clears its flight deck certification ahead of the carrier's move to Japan. Now, the carrier for the past couple of years have been has been in dry dock getting its refurb, getting its... Um, fuel uh, rehabilitation and, and it's, it's nuclear powered so it's it's basically getting its new nuclear charge for how many other years it's get uh, it built the carrier the, in 1980 and it was uh, officially redelivered to the Navy's hands on May 25th following uh, three days of sea trials sea trials is they bring the ship out with all the the shipbuilding people and all the engineers and, and the Navy's uh, representatives they make sure it can do everything that it's supposed to do. And then they turn it over to the Navy. The Navy crews come in, and they start doing what they do. But it's relocating to uh, Japan. It will be um, replacing the Ronald Reagan. So uh, that's what's over in Japan now. They'll switch ports, and it'll be over there for the year. The George Washington arrived in Virginia in August 2017 for a scheduled maintenance, including its midlife nuclear refueling and overhaul. The maintenance period was scheduled to last just four years, but complications due to the COVID-19 pandemic and other setbacks delayed it significantly. So they were out there doing their carrier deck qualifications, which means all the staff, all the, the, the Navy staff who's on the deck, of an aircraft carrier doing their jobs, directing planes, moving planes, the engineers, the the the, uh, the direct people, the the ordnance people, the fuel people. They're basically a lot of them are new to this, and they go out there and they get new pilots who are just getting their carrier qualifications for the first time to also do their landings and takeoffs on the deck. 
Uh, and it's basically a training situation for everyone where both the deck itself, all its staff on the deck, and the air crew themselves gets uh, gets. It sounds like the roof is coming off here at the the studio with these storms coming through. But they all get their qualifications. Um, they do both night and day touch and goes and landings traps. They call them because you have to trap that wire with the tail hook and get it. But uh, you know our aircraft carriers are 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 at sea show of power. Back when uh, we first moved, when the Ronald Reagan moved to Japan, more than 240 Navy families moved to Japan back in 2008 when it first took port there. And now uh, the Ronald Reagan will replace the uh, the George Washington. They swapped nearly two-thirds of their respective crews. They're saying the base there in Japan will have a better understanding uh, how many sailors and their families will be moving this time around through the transition period. Now, Japan is a very desirable port from what I've heard and seen and spoke to people about. I actually have someone who went to school with my, my son, a very good friend of ours, is stationed in Japan now. Loves it. It's, it's a good place, mostly for single people to go there. Families obviously do go there because I just said families move there. But because of the culture, because of the food, because of uh, you know, how they live there, it's very easy to move a single airman, a single pilot, a single crew person to live there than it is for you know families to up a whole family and move to Japan is a costly a you need bigger space which places like Japan don't really have in a lot of places they live very uh, humbly in Japan but it, it's it's a culture shock to the way we would live in America but it's very desirable there's a very strong nightlife there very strong you know going out and, and like I said the restaurants are phenomenal and the people that I know have gone there who have been single really enjoy their tour, which is anywhere from two to four years in Japan, and find it there. But one of our aircraft carriers, the USS George Washington, is just finishing up, just finished up its flight deck certification, and the, the, that's the final step before the carrier does uh, look to load everything up and move out to uh, Japan. And we'll keep an eye on that and monitor that, and hopefully uh, they have a safe uh, journey out there and don't have to mess with any of these people who are trying to... Uh, challenge our our uh our superpower status out there like they're doing you got iran russia soon to be china and everything else dealing with that let's go to the phones now because uh the storm's coming through here we have uh l from wayne county on the storms l um i was just driving from Holmesdale into hamlin area and the sky was kind of like whitish closer to the ground and then i looked up and as i looked Higher and higher and higher, it started getting darker and darker, and it's like really dark gray. And then I looked a little bit further, I drove, and it looked like there was this funnel cloud. So I don't know if Wayne County's going to get hit with a tornado or what, but it didn't look good. And uh, everybody just be prepared. We're, we're due for a wicked storm because it's lightning up here. I don't know, you know, how far this is going to go, but you better be prepared. Because I think this is going to be pretty bad up here. Yeah, we're having a line of storms. Uh, I, I can see what you're talking about up there near the Lenox area, north of Lenox. Uh, from here, it's hitting us here all the way from Scranton, right down the valley, Scranton down to Wilkesbury, 
down to Dorrance, uh, well, touching to Hazleton. Static, I was getting static on 910, 1300, and uh, 130. I was getting bad static, and I was going to call in about that because I didn't know if you were having a trouble or if it was because of the weather up here. And then once I saw this black area, and like I said, I've never really seen the funnel cloud except for on TV. And it was a little bit wider than what a funnel cloud usually looks like, but it, it doesn't look good. That's all I can say. All right, so everybody out there, if you're tra- traveling up through there, now it looks like it's just a line of showers that are coming through now, and hopefully uh, that'll be the end of it as they break up. But it's very spotty. Like I said, there's a line going from Scranton all the way through the valley down, and I saw what you're talking about. I'm looking at the radar now up uh, just north of Lennox, Gibson, up into Honesdale in that area. So you be careful, L. okay? L. you there? Hopefully the storm didn't get her, and she was just out of range. It's mountainous up there, so I'm sure um, she'll just get out there. Uh, we got a text message in. Uh, Hi, Rob's wife. Wish you could talk. Would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Rob's wife, you there? Say hello. Say hi. Hi. Uh, see, there she's, she exists. She's here. I'm here. She's, look, Jake's applauding in the background. Um, yeah, she likes the behind-the-scenes stuff. She wouldn't. She doesn't want to come in and talk. I've offered her plenty of time to come in and talk about things. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to discuss as far as relationships and being married and having three kids and seeing it from the, the mom perspective or the wife perspective or the female perspective. Uh, now I'm getting the finger and uh, not the finger. She's pointing at me with her index finger, uh, telling me she's going to go to my office in a minute and not sit in the studio. But I think she wouldn't find my office. So I'm all the way on the other side of the building. But she's here, and we're going to go see Thomas Rhett because that's what couples should do. Go out, spend your time, have your date nights, and um, you'll never lose that. We're married, what, 28 years now? 28 years. 28 28 years. We're married, three grown kids, all successful, and uh, living our life now, living our best life. So, see, now she's even walking away from the microphone. Um, It's 556 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob and Lisa show after Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Friday, July 7th. Um, Thank you for all the text messages. Yep, Lisa's here with me. We're going to go out and have our date night yet. I appreciate it. She sounds fantastic. Nice voice like you, they said. See? Thank you. See? She said thank you. Well, guys, you enjoy your weekend. God bless. Be safe. And we will do this thing called radio again on Monday. God bless. We'll see you then.